0: It's a good day. The Vikings have a new GM, and he's exactly the guy that I wanted. Let's talk about it here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. Ooh You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Show us on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of today. And today's podcast is brought to you by OnlineGambling.com, the place to be for all of the latest betting news and tips throughout the NFL playoffs. Visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to get the edge over the competition throughout this year's playoffs. And today, we are talking about the big news. The Vikings got him. They got my guy. Boy, do we have a couple things to talk about, don't we? It has been an absolutely insane week. Tuesday was a nutso day. For uh, NFL news everywhere, Sean Payton stepped down. We're getting weird cryptic things from Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady about if they're going to retire. The NFL shows are going crazy, but in the midst of all of it, GM dominoes have begun to fall. And we have, as of this recording, I do not have official confirmation that uh Kwasi Adolfa Mensah is going to be the new GM of the Vikings but he's going to be the new GM of the Vikings. We, we all but know for certain that that is going to be the case. So let's talk about how this went down, what it means, um, and a little bit about Kwasi Adolfamence's approach to the game. We've talked a ton about it over the last week, so some of it might be uh like a retread of those points, uh, but that's okay. And maybe even a little bit about where we go for head coach uh, from here, who he might be into as head coach. So first things first, let's talk a little bit about how this went down, because it was a little bit weird. So. Yesterday, when we talked, it was down to Ryan Poles and Adolfo Mensa. and those were the two finalists. And I spent a lot of time kind of breaking those two guys down. What's the deal? I even did like a poll on Twitter. Who should the guy be? And it was like totally 50-50. So it seemed like a really difficult choice. And it seems like within the Vikings organization, it was a difficult choice as well. Definitely not unanimous. And there were reports from various people with different sources um, that said, you know, Poles is ahead, Adolfo Mensa is ahead, who's the leader in the clubhouse, but they both had interviews scheduled. Adolfo Mensa's interview was on Tuesday, Ryan Poles' interview was supposed to be today on Wednesday, but on Tuesday, uh, Ryan Poles took the Chicago job. So that tells me that he preferred Chicago, and unless the Vikings gave him some crazy pitch or something like that, or, or some godfather offer, offered him college football money or something kind of outside of what, what's usual, um, they were going, he was going to go to Chicago. Why he would do that, um, I, there's a few reasons, right, that we could guess. One, he, maybe he just likes the state of their roster a little bit better. Both uh, Chicago's and Minnesota's rosters have some problems, but Chicago has Justin Fields and maybe he didn't want to deal with the Kirk cousins thing. And he'd rather have a young dynamic quarterback. That's exciting. Um, if you remember in the lead up to the week 18 game with, uh, with the bears, the crossover that I did with Lauren Cox of locked on bears, we debated exactly that. Hey, who would you rather go be the coach or GM of? Because we kind of knew that both, uh, both organizations were going to get cleared out after that game. So we had that debate. Go listen to that show. It aged very interestingly, <laughs> but I kind of stand by what I said in that show, which was that, look, if you like Justin Fields, unquestionably Chicago's the place to be. But if you're worried like I am that Justin Fields might be ruined, if you don't want to immediately be tasked with fixing a quarterback with your entire career on the line, if you want a little more flexibility, then Minnesota's the place to be. And so Ryan Poles chose the former. He wanted to be with Justin Fields. Now there's, I've seen a lot of weird comments, um, including some in the YouTube comments. By the way, you can watch on YouTube. Uh, We're on YouTube. Please uh, come on over, subscribe, all that stuff. But I've I've seen a lot of people say stuff like, wow, they let their preferred candidate go. And for one, I don't know if we know for sure that Ryan Poles was the preferred candidate. I am going to guess it depends on which member of the search committee that you talked to. All of that aside, even if Ryan Poles was the favored candidate for Minnesota, what are they supposed to do about it if he wants to go to Chicago instead? Maybe be a more desirable destination, not be in a Kirk Cousins quagmire, right? Have a that they should have traded up for Justin Fields instead. But hey, all their parties responsible for that just got canned. So I guess they already kind of did what they could about that. With Polls going to Chicago, it is a very interesting moment. I think, for both franchises, especially as division rivals, which I I love. I love it. It's very fun, Um, especially. I mean, look, the Vikings and Bears have had fights over the years that have like shaped their entire organizations, even going back to before the Vikings had even played a game. This one is a very interesting like little hinge moment where it's a fork in the road where these organizations kind of could go one way or the other. If the Vikings, let's say, had traded up for Justin Fields in the draft, and they were trying to trade up, but the offers were very unserious. They offered, I think, a third and a fourth round pick to Carolina to go from 14 to eight. That's ludicrous. Nobody would say yes to that. But hey, you make the call. You see if somebody is going to be dumb. Um, see if you can't do something about it. She's like, sure, right? But it was an unserious offer. But what if that offer were a more serious offer? What if it were, you know, a first round pick next year? What if the Vikings were willing to do that for Justin Fields? They weren't willing to do that. What if they were? And then the Vikings were the team with Justin Fields, and then suddenly they're the team that's the attractive opening that Ryan Poles goes to. Right now, we don't know what would be different. We don't know what Poles would do that Kweisi won't do or whatever, um, but, boy... Isn't that going to be interesting to think about over the years? I, that's, that'll be re- a really fun like NFL three years from now of what if Poles came to Minnesota, and if he doesn't go to Chicago, who goes to Chicago? Because I do not believe Adolfo menso would have been Chicago's guy. Um, I think they were looking at maybe Ed Dodds. They were looking at a whole bunch of other people. Elliot Wolf was one um, that we also interviewed, so th- they could have ended up with somebody else. The, the whole domino gets different, and, and the whole shape of the division is probably changing a lot based on this decision and also based on what happens with Aaron Rodgers over in Green Bay Um, it is a very, very interesting time. So that's really interesting. So basically, we have Kwesi Adolfa Mensah in for the interview while he's in Minnesota. Ryan Poles says, no, I'm not even going to show up for Wednesday. Uh, I'm just going to stay in Chicago. And now Adolfa Mensah is in the interview as of this recording, which I am doing um, late at night, I live in California. It is midnight right now in California, so it's 2 a.m., and there still hasn't even been so much of as an, as an announcement that the interview has ended. So either it's going deep into the wee hours of the morning, which is something you would maybe have to do if you're working on a contract or something like that, or they all just went to sleep and decided to resume it in the morning, um, but that doesn't mean the interview has ended. It just means it's paused so everybody can get some sleep. Or, I don't know, maybe they're all partying their asses off in downtown Minneapolis. Who knows what's going on? <laughs> None of the reporters tailed their car like sometimes they do. So we don't, we don't know that, at least as of this recording. But by the time you listen to this, there's probably going to be official word that it is Kwesi. So I, I want to talk more about like what we can expect from him and kind of where we go uh, moving forward. But first, if you remember, um, a couple weeks ago, OnlineGambling.com challenged me to pick the Super Bowl teams, and now they're giving me a chance to uh, to fix my prediction because I was a little wrong. I said the Packers would win the Super Bowl and they would beat the Chiefs. Well, my Chiefs are still in it, but obviously the Packers lost. So I get to change my NFC pick. I'm going to change them to the Rams. Uh, I just right now, I believe in the way that Matt Stafford is playing. Um, and even though he still has some really bad mistake prone stuff In him, And I think D'Amico Ryan's and and some really clever, clever uh, blitz packages and stuff would give him fits just like the 49ers stole things from Mike Zimmer to give Aaron Rodgers fits. I think he might be able to do the same thing. Um, But I still just I don't know. I believe in Odell Beckham, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, all of these players. I just there's so much superstar power playing well right now in Los Angeles and they're the home team. So I'm going to go Chiefs-Rams, but I'll give the Chiefs the Super Bowl win. We'll give another one to Mahomes this time. If you want somebody smart to give you their picks instead of me, you can go to OnlineGambling.com slash NFL. They have an OG Tips article on their website. Um, You can go find their picks there. Make sure you visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL for all of the latest betting news, tips, and odds to give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs thanks one more time for making locked on vikings your first listen of the day make sure you go check out the peacock and williamson podcast especially during the super bowl they're going to be there on the ground giving you all the coverage you need so go check that out let's talk a little bit about quasi mensa and i think what I, I want to start with head coaches um, because now the shortlist starts to clear up a little bit and there are some names coming off the market. So Byron left, which pretty much be lined right to the Jaguars job. Somebody asked me yesterday, Hey, why didn't he get an interview? And that might be it. It also sounds like Brian Dable is taking the Giants job. So it it might just be that like it was just known that those guys would do that. And so we didn't go take them or it could just be like a merit decision to say, hey, you know, as much as everybody in the whole world likes Brian Dable, the Vikings are deciding that they don't. um, It's a valid opinion, even if it's one we disagree with. And we can absolutely disagree with it. But it's a disagreement, right? Um, So those two guys appear to be off the market when it comes to who is left for the Vikings. A lot of different places have kind of put forth two names, and it's because they're two names that have a connection with Kwesi Adolfa Mensa, and it's the same connection. And it's D'Amico Ryans and Raheem Morris, both guys who are defensive coordinators in the NFC Championship game right now. Um, and the reason, I think, is the connection to Kyle Shanahan. So Adolfa Mensa worked in San Francisco for a year, few years when Kyle Shanahan took over, and he started doing his staff, and that introduced uh, Adofa Mensa to all of the those people. So that whole clan, right? Among those two names, you definitely get the collaboration thing. Both of those guys have great and excellent reputations for connecting with players. Um, I think they both would be very much like players coaches, as it were. I've heard Todd Bowles' name thrown around. Um, I've heard Dan Quinn's name thrown around. Those two guys are now getting a little bit of steam for the Chicago job now that Ryan Poles took it. So it kind of seems like the way that those reports went, wherever Ryan Poles goes, uh, Quinn and Bulls get rumored to be their favorite. Um, I think Jonathan Gannon sounds like he just had a really good interview. Um, I talked about him last week, last Friday, and I'm not a big fan of that hire. I would not like it very much. Um, But he did have a very good interview, so he's a guy to watch. Kevin O'Connell's still around. Kellen Moore still did an interview. And then, of course, there's also Nathaniel Hackett, who we talked about, Um, seems to be closing in on that Broncos job, although I think that's that's not quite a done deal yet. But again, I'm just going off of rumor and conjecture. So that's where the head coach thing counts right now. I would say that Raheem Morris... And uh, D'Amico Ryans, if you were a betting on it, bet on D'Amico Ryans or Raheem Morris, whichever one you think there will end up getting the job. I think those are going to be the odds on favorites. Now, if you are freaking out because the only two offensive names that I have mentioned in all of this are Kevin O'Connell and Kellen Moore, uh, and neither of them. And I guess Nathaniel Hackett seems like those guys have longer odds than some of the defensive guys. If you are freaking out over a defensive coach. Here is what I will say. Hey, I've I've gone over this. Um if you go listen to my feature on Raheem Morris which was last week, you can hear my thoughts in more detail. But I'm not afraid of a defensive coach at all. And if you really want to zoom out to Vikings history, they did not have a single defensive coach before Leslie Frazier. They went through Les Steckle and then Jerry Burns and Denny Green. Those guys worked out pretty well. And then Mike Tice, Brad Childress, two defensive coaches. So number 3 I don't know if that necessarily feels like it isn't the subversive thing if we want to look at all of Vikings history. Um, but that might not be persuasive. That probably shouldn't be persuasive to you, honestly, because all of Vikings history has very little bearing on this. Right. And again, I reiterate, D'Amico Ryans is not Mike Zimmer. He is not Leslie Frazier. He is not Dan Quinn. He is not Mike Vrabel. He's a he's D'Amico Ryans. He's his own person. And we should try to evaluate who that person is individually, instead of placing them in categories and then assuming that he's like all the other people in those categories. That's called stereotyping. And it's not a very smart thing to do if you're trying to get an accurate picture of who somebody is. And this is definitely the same goes with Raheem Morris. I did a whole feature on his, uh, his experience and, and like his career and the first stint in Tampa that went poorly for him and all that stuff. But you should know that Raheem Morris was an offensive coach for like five years in Atlanta. So He's done it and he's been a passing game coordinator like that's basically a step below. That's the same job John Filippo has in Chicago, and I'm pretty sure Raheem Morris is better at it. So he's definitely had offensive experience. Um, But really where this comes in is hiring. And this is part of the reason I like Raheem Morris and not D'Amico Ryans as much is because Raheem Morris has experience hiring. Um, and being part of those rooms, even hiring on the offensive side of the ball. Mike Zimmer could not hire on the offensive side of the ball. He struck gold with Pat Shermer once, but Pat Shermer sucks at being an offensive quarter. That was the only good year he had. He was just as lucky as Case Keenum. And then he got Kevin Stefanski, who had been in the works well before uh, Mike Zimmer got there. And other than that, it was like John Filippo, disaster. Glenn Kubiak, disaster. North Turner, that didn't work out either. So like Zimmer couldn't hire on the offensive side of the ball. And if you can hire on the offensive side of the ball, when someone leaves, it's not that big a deal because you're good at hiring and you can bring in the next guy. Raheem Morris, I think, can hire. Um, I'd, I'd be proven wrong on that if he can't, but I think he can hire. D'Amico Ryans is young. I don't know if he has the connections, the Rolodex and stuff, to hire in the way that somebody like Raheem Morris could or maybe even Dan Quinn could, though, Some somebody older, Todd Bowles, um, who's uh, got a little bit more experience and therefore more connections and can go out there and, and find somebody good. But hiring is m- about more than just who you know. It certainly helps. It's also about kind of having the the hiring experience to know when somebody's coming in in an interview to know what to look for, to know to be able to identify who has the skills that you want and be right about the skills that you want. It's very easy, and I honestly I see this everywhere from media to fans to even teams. Um, it's really easy to get enamored with a resume rather than a skill set. And I am looking for a skill set in these head coaches. I'm going to talk about these head coaches a ton until there is an actual person in place. And these dominoes will probably fall over the next week or two, it seems like. At least after the Super Bowl, I think then everything is, you know, no holds barred. So I'm going to talk a lot about this in, in a lot more depth. But suffice it to say, as I am looking to these candidates, I want to see their skill set. And I have a very clear picture of Raheem Morris's skill set. It's why he's still my numero uno. Quasi Adolfa Mensa were my, was my numero uno. That was literally the title of yesterday's podcast was that that was my match made in heaven. That was my my ideal, my dream team. And we got half of it. I'm very excited. Um, so let me talk about Quasi Adolfa Mensa in a little bit more detail so uh, I can get you a sense of why I am so excited. So I can explain to you why I'm so big on this hire. But before we get into all of that. Let me talk to you about my new favorite app. It's GetUpside. GetUpside is an app that saves you money when you fill up your gas tank. And who doesn't want that? So download the GetUpside app. It is a free app. Enter promo code touchdown for all this to work. And you can get up to 25 cents a gallon on your first fill up. 25 cents off and then up to 25 cents off on all the rest of your fill ups too. If you drive a lot, that's like two, three hundred bucks a year. It is like it adds up over time. And you just have to go like download the app. It'll tell you which gas stations are participating, fill up at one of those gas stations, take a picture of your receipt, upload it. That's all you have to do. And then it takes like a day or two to process. And then the money is just in your account and you can deposit it however you want, direct deposit into your bank. Or if you'd rather, you can do like a Google play or an Amazon gift card, something like that. However you want, whenever you want, no catches. It is that simple. Promo code touchdown, get upside app, go download the free app and start saving money on gas. You uh, (laughs) philistine. I also want to talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the, the greatest tasting protein bar on the planet. It is covered in 100% chocolate, and it'll make you think you're cheating on your New Year's resolution, trying to be good uh, little adventures. And then you're going to want to cheat, and you're going to have a chocolatey craving, and it's going to be like 1 a.m., and you're going to want it, and you're going to want a Built Bar instead. And what's cool about that is a Built Bar has got like 130 calories. It's not going to knock you off the wagon. It's not going to ruin your whole day if you're counting calories. It's only going to trick The lizard parts of your brain that want chocolate into thinking that you're having that cheat day. And you're gonna trick that little devil on your shoulder, and you're gonna say, "Go, go, go away, devil! You got what you wanted, but you didn't ruin your diet." Built Bar comes in a whole bunch of delicious flavors. This one's getting away from me, everyone. Uh, Built Bar is—it comes in a bunch of different flavors, like chocolate caramel, uh, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate raspberry, and it is chock full of protein, like 17 or so grams of protein in one of these bad boys. So go to built.com, enter promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D 15 you get 15% off of your order, and get yourself some Built Bar at built.com, online slash NFL. So let's talk about Kwesi Adolfo Mensa and where he came from and all that stuff. If you've been paying a bunch of attention, you might already know a lot of this. If you've been listening to this show, you definitely know a lot of this. But if you don't, if you're new, uh, first things, welcome. I believe in you. And second thing, uh, he's pretty interesting. He's a much different candidate than you usually get. Um, he's comparatively not very experienced at all. Um, And that turns a lot of people off. If that turns you off, that's totally fair. And you can say you don't like to hire. Um, He first got into football in 2011, which is 12 years. And that is not a lot for a GM. He was on the R&D side for most of his career in in San Francisco for a lot of it. And then in Cleveland for the last few years, the R&D side, research and development. That is what the San Francisco 49ers and I think Cleveland Browns call their analytics department but it's what we would recognize as analytics. You're, you're looking at trends, you're trying to find strategies that that um, take advantage of those trends. You're finding inefficiencies. Um, it's a little bit more than coming up with a matrix that tells the coach what to do on fourth down, which it's unfortunate because that's, the reputation that analytics gets is as like a fourth down cheat sheet and, and what position should you draft. But there's so much more to analytics that I don't think gets enough press. There's scouting analytics, which is like if you're in 21 personnel, and there's an offset fullback, that's a run, you know, they have they ran that 20 times, and it was a run on 18 of them, and it was only a pass twice. Like, that's analytics as well. That kind of, this formation is these plays. But it's more than just, um, is it a run or a pass? It's also, hey, they ran off tackle out of that a lot, or that's when they would really run wind back. And that kind of scouting analytics is based on charting out tendencies and trying to figure out your opponent's tendencies and then how you can take advantage of them. Things on the offensive side of the ball. Hey, when we motioned the tight end across the formation, They would always shift their defensive tackles and reverse their front in that way. That would be a way to utilize analytics in a scouting sense. And so that's part of research and development. But it also is things like, hey, offensive linemen with wrestling backgrounds. That was a big Vikings thing that I think came from the analytics department, but also makes sense, like the understanding of leverage and stuff. Offensive linemen from wrestling backgrounds do better. And that is a thing that we think is better. So we're going to try to target it. That can be analytics as well. And so that was kind of Adolfa Mensa's job. And before that job in football, he was a Wall Street commodities trader with a degree in economics from Princeton, which is a totally different person. But he was like a Wall Street guy. And when you think about that mentality, I just wrote an article to this effect. When you think about that mentality, you get a sense for what kind of philosophy we're going to see from Quesi Adolfa Mensa. Think about being a stock trader. You are buying and selling probabilistic assets. Um, they could be really good. They could be really bad. They have, you know, this percentage of being good, this percentage of being bad, and that is altogether worth this kind of value. And I'm going to pay that. And, you know, if, if the price goes below that value, I buy. And if it goes above that value, I sell. And that's going to be wall street. Right. And that's also like an economics degree helps with that too. Because if you think about economics, there is a lot of overlap and there's a lot of precedent for economics focused people to be in the NFL. Bill Belichick has an economics degree. Um, and he brought in economic, ec- economics people when he was first in New England to try to figure out how to build a good team. That worked out well. Um, there are a lot of economics peoples in, in the Browns with uh, including Kwesi Adolfa But he's not the only one that they brought in to help their turnaround and help rebuild that system. Um, a, a, a lot of teams hire analytics people out of economics backgrounds. Economics has a place in the NFL. Um, And if you think that that seems too newfangled or new age, you haven't been paying attention because this ain't this ain't new. Um, But and then the reason for that is because the NFL is made of markets. And so people who are good at analyzing markets like economists, are going to have success doing that. And that's why Dopamensa got um, into the NFL, or that's how we got into the NFL in the first place. It was always a dream of his. He was a football fan since he was three and stuff, and he decided to put away the day trading thing and follow his dream, and then it actually worked. Take the draft, for example. I've said this a million times, so if you're new, you're going to hear this a lot. Uh, The draft is an auction market. and An auction market, when I say an auction market... That has economic properties that can help us predict the draft if we familiarize ourselves with them. And that experience is something you're not necessarily going to get with somebody like Rick Spielman, who was a football lifer. He he grew up playing the game and then evaluating the game and finding talent and very, very well-versed in football. But you're not necessarily going to get that kind of insight. Now, the Vikings famously embraced analytics quite a bit. They were top five analytics, analytically inclined organization, at least in the front office. Um, so it won't like drastically change a whole lot, but you kind of get rid of the old school gut call kind of stuff that we would see from somebody like Mike Zimmer. There's another thing that I think will, will really separate Quasi do Mensa from Rick Spielman. Um, and that is, he, he kind of says, you know, he learned not to blink in San Francisco and he cites that 2017 and 2018 were pretty bad years for the 49ers. Go look them up. I think that was like four and 12 and three and 13 or something like that. Um, and they ran it back because there were injuries and things didn't quite go right and stuff. And they actually traded for Garoppolo in the middle of 2017. They had reasons to think that it would work running it back. And they trusted that and they did it and they went to the Super Bowl. And so he kind of learned that like, hey, if things are going bad, sometimes you can ride out that storm and it'll be okay on the other side of it. Again, that's not unlike riding out a stock. If you buy a stock and it dips right away, hold it. And maybe it'll come back up. Shoot, if you are into investing in cryptocurrency, you are definitely familiar with that, with all the volatility that can happen with like Bitcoin and then some of the more obscure like cryptocurrencies and stuff have that. They have like a buy the dip, like it's almost a meme, Um, but that that's a stock trading advice. And the idea of, you know, buying low and selling high. I In the article, I, I talked about Bill Belichick and Jamie Collins. Jamie Collins was a draft pick for Belichick, second round pick, played out his rookie contract. Instead of extending him, they traded him for a third round pick. Um, to the Cleveland Browns. He played two years in Cleveland and then returned to New England. So you sold him high and he returned to New England on the cheap, by the way. So you had this moment where you either got to extend him or let him walk. And instead of doing that, they traded him so that they could get resources back, use those resources to improve your team. And then he flamed out in Cleveland. You got him back anyways. And Cleveland was the one that spent a bunch of money on him in free agency. When you got him back, you bought him back, but you bought him low. And that's a very stock trader mentality. And that's the kind of move that I I mean, and again, Bill Belichick, economics guy. So that's a a mentality that I think we can. I'm not saying the guy's Bill Belichick and Bill Belichick as a GM has plenty of black spots, too. But that's the mentality. I'm trying to identify the philosophy. And that's what I want to get to. So uh, we'll talk a lot more about. Uh, as we go through, you know, what's going to happen at head coach and who's what's he going to do with Kirk Cousins and Danielle Hunter and then the draft and all that. We have a lot of other stuff to talk about. So we're definitely going to have we're going to be busy, busy, busy here on the On Vikings podcast for the next month. For now, it's Quesia Menza. It's not Ryan Poles. He's in Chicago. Now the battle of the rebuilds begins. So go check out On Bears, too. Uh, and we move forward. So. I'll see you all tomorrow. In the meantime, check out the Locked on Bets podcast, by the way. Uh, You can find them wherever you find your favorite shows. They'll they'll help you get your gramble straight over there. Thank you so much for making Locked on Vikings your first listen every single day. I'll see you all tomorrow. And as always, skull.